Welcome to the Ice Lab Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael Marinero and Trent Michaud. We are going to take you deep into our labs, as well as many different high-performance professionals we've connected with on our journey as we strive for excellence. Welcome back to the Ice Lab podcast. It's uh, Monday evening. What's today, Michael? The 19th? 18th? 18th. 18th today. 18th today. And uh, how's your Monday started off this week, buddy? Uh, it's going good. Uh, Mike Slipchuck, the director, was in uh, watching our practice uh, one week out from Skate Canada. Things are going uh, extremely well. Made some uh, big changes uh, post uh, Finlandia that we're uh, getting ready and looking forward to uh, debut at Skate Canada next weekend. How about uh, you, Trent? Uh, pretty good. We actually had Mike in on Friday, came and saw us. So it was uh, good, nice to see him. You, know, like, you guys are one week out from Skate Canada, and we're uh, three days out from Skate America. So super excited for that. Uh, Monday was good. Tough training day. Played a little disc golf, but uh, I think we had a little, a little bit of disc golf fun. Mike, only for part of the, <laughs> part of the weekend, eh? Mikey had a... Uh, tough round, tough couple of rounds on the weekend. Yeah, through uh, was in a pretty big tournament on the weekend, through one of the worst rounds on one of the rounds, and I threw the best round of the tournament on another one. So took up the bottom of the leaderboard and the top of the leaderboard to finish in the middle. Wasn't uh, quite ideal. Wasn't as successful as your club championships. How did that go down? Uh, it was pretty good. I was uh, third in the, the first round. We uh, played two mix-it-up layouts. We played two rounds. It was third in the first round, second in the second round, and one overall. So Big W. On to the golds now. Now that I won the, the, the green division, which is like the beginners slash, I don't know, it's like the, it's rating under 900 is the green. So, I don't know, that'd be equal to like what, novice junior? Yep, novice, novice junior. junior. Now, now it's time for you to step it up with the big boys. Big boys, three months in's got to go up to the. Somebody said that uh, at the thing, and I was like, uh, can't remember who said it. it was like, you guys been playing for three months, and he's pro- might win this game. <laughs> might win this. <laughs> so, yep, it's nice. It's good. So we haven't actually been out. Well, we went out. What was it? Friday? We went out. Uh, no, Wednesday. No, yeah, we haven't been Wednesday. out that much together. You've yeah. been gone, and I miss you. We've man. been busy. I like playing with you. It's going to be another couple of weeks before we get another round in. Too much yeah. figure skating. You know, figure skating's getting in the way of disc golf career, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Mike, who do we have on the the Ice Lab podcast, not the disc golf podcast? Who do we have on the <laughs> Ice Lab podcast today? We got a, a special guest for you guys again today. She is the 2014 U.S. Junior Ladies Champion and the 2021 U.S. Silver Medalist. Also is a multiple-time Junior Grand Prix medalist and many, many other accolades that I won't won't throw out here. But let's welcome on Amber Glenn to the podcast. Hello, everyone. That was uh, interesting to hear about your uh, outside-of-skating venture that you had recently. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Mike, Mike. So Mike, I don't know if you've heard yet, but Mike, uh, been what? How long you've been playing? Year and a half now. Full year, year and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah. For the first entire year he played, I chirped the living crap out of him for it because I never played it. Disc golf, we're talking about throwing frisbees around at the park. And I played it once, <laughs> and then now I'm. One might say the same obsessed level or slightly more than Mike. You're in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now the podcast is about 50% figure skating, 50% disc golf talk. <laughs> you need to get a professional disc golfer on here. Honestly. That- oh, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Poor real. <laughs> no joke. Uh, so, Amber, how's things been going? You just competed, actually, in Finland with uh, Mike as well, eh? Yeah. I mean, it was – the crowd was great. I don't know if uh... – I believe Paris had like a pretty large crowd as well. Um, you know, the Finnish people, they were wonderful. Uh, so I felt really encouraged by that. And uh, it was really refreshing since I haven't had an audience in two years. Um, so that aspect of it was wonderful. And it just made me all the more excited and looking forward to the Grand Prix season, which is starting for us in three days. <laughs> Yeah, it's super exciting, actually. You know, I even think that's the biggest crowd that you've had, too, Mike, because we didn't have any crowd in, I think, the biggest crowd until what would be that or Skate America for uh, Ev and I would be like the summer hub we did in Milton, which just was like parents and stuff. Yeah. Like, Worlds didn't even have that many people. Family and friends, those uh, 30 people felt like a huge audience after the last year and a half. So how was dealing with the crowd? How did you feel about that, Amber? Were you excited for it or made it like you're just just like familiar feeling like riding a bike like before? Yeah, I mean, if I were to compare it to riding a bike, uh, you know, I probably needed those training wheels on for the first few minutes of the program. But uh, I eventually got into the swing of things and uh, towards the end, you know, I felt great. And it was a huge reminder to have that experience back which felt unfamiliar but it was nice yeah same same page that uh, first competition of the season we, we forget how tough it is it's uh, definitely hard to get the ball rolling but uh, once you get through that uh, first comp the the second third fourth one get much much easier right right I mean it's so bizarre to think I only had two competitions last year just uh technically skate america and nationals and um <laughs> during skate america i was partially concussed so i don't even remember half of it so it's been a while oh, really since I had, yeah since i had competed i don't did you not see about that no i don't think so like i remember something but i don't remember the full story what happened dude i broke my face <laughs> oh right yes no i remember that now yeah <laughs> Oh, How yeah. did that happen, though? Great picture of me with a sick black eye. You know, I've made up so many stories like, oh, yeah, you know, just got into a fight in the parking lot and this guy, just like a bunch of different stories. In reality, uh, I fell out of a cryo tank. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a minute there, if you were to like type in my name, you'd just see like Amber Glenn I. And it was just pictures of me with like a black eye, really cute. Um, no, it was, it malfunctioned. There was some issue that happened and the people who were doing it weren't qualified. It was a whole mess. Um, and I'd done cryo many, many times before. So it wasn't something new. And um, 
yeah, I just, the smoke got too high. I lost consciousness and I fell out and broke my orbital bone. Got a bad concussion out of it. So that is wild. Bizarre, right? I've never, is that, is that like normal for cry? Like for something to happen though, when you're in the car, I've never done it. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not okay. normal. I've yeah. done it many times too. It's uh shouldn't, shouldn't be happening. No. You shouldn't be passing out, coming out of it. No, no. And it wasn't even coming out of it. It was like, I passed out while in it and just Oof. yeah the lady like left the room to go and get her manager apparently i was like mumbling like didn't understand me i guess when she left i fell out <laughs> that's crazy so that and that was pretty was that close like obviously it was close but like how close was that to skate america it was end of september and then i competed in mid-october um i somehow convinced myself because it was a few months after getting my triple axel and I was so ready and I was so excited to compete uh and I like convinced I was like I'm not concussed I my face might be broken but I'm not concussed I'm fine you know just like convinced myself of that and then after Skate America I was like I might have yeah <laughs> so it took some time and took care of it even more afterwards luckily well that was yeah that was a smart idea because you obviously skated well at nationals and it was a long time later but taking the time to yeah. you know fix your head is a very very good thing <laughs> yes yes very much so um so you just mentioned triple axel mm -hmm. um so let's talk about the road to that that's uh quite a feat for a female it's quite an amazing feat we're seeing it more often but it's still absolutely amazing um talk, let, let, let's talk about that where you just like have always planned on trying to get to a triple axle or what like I don't, I don't know what the thought process is for this because it's not like i'm i've never <laughs> tried one like myself not gonna lie so oh i don't God. know <laughs> well, how do we go for this <laughs> maybe less shoulders than than what mike and i have might help but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's so strange because I've, I've grown up in a generation stuck between. So I'm not quite in the generation of the Yunakims and like, you know, the people who are really killing it in the early, like, Mausada, yeah, 10s, Unikim, you know, 11, yeah. 12, 13. And back then it was like triple, triple, you're good. You know, there was Mausada who did triple axel. That was it, you know. Uh, yeah. scores were like 180, 190s, 200, like wonderful. So in my mind, I never even really thought of triple axel. It wasn't like, uh, it was maybe one day if I want to be crazy, like, oh, uh, but yeah, once I, I, it was one bizarre thing is I got all of my triples by the, I, I was 11 when I had all my triples. <laughs> Yeah. So at a very young age, I got like my triple triples down by 12. I know it's so bizarre. To I can, I can do a double sow at 12 years old. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, hey, it, I mean, it came with its consequences. Nowadays, my body is aged at 40 at 21. So, uh, no. And then when I got to triple triples kind of just stopped. And that's how it was in like, you know, 2012, 2013, like you didn't keep going. Now, these days, the, the girls just keep going like triple, triple. Okay. Triple axle. Okay. Quad. Okay. Like they keep going. That's not the end, you know, when back then it'd be like, oh, maybe for fun, we'll throw you in a harness and you can go and try it. 
you know, it was kind of a fun thing to do if I'd skated well that week. And that's how it was for years and years and years. And I feel like for most skaters, that's kind of what it was. And then everything changed in like, what, 2017, 18 kind of in juniors? Yeah, would have been uh, 20, 2017 was when Trusova started yeah. uh, one junior with like trying quads. Yeah, I was there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in Bulgaria, I was like, I, 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 what? What? <laughs> Sorry, 2018. That was 2018. It was 2018. Yeah, 2018 Junior Worlds was that. So I think it was like 2017-18 season, but yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that's when everything kind of just started changing. And then at first it was Russia. Oh, that's Russia. You know, different. You know, and then Japan. And then we had Liu in the U.S. And it, it become, became more real. It's like, oh, this is like, we're progressing really quickly. <laughs> For years and years and years, like the standard was do like a let's toe or a flip toe, you're fine. Now it's like, okay, well, you need a little bit more if you want to stand out. So um, for a long time, I kind of plateaued and just felt like I was uh, in the middle. You know, I'd get seventh, eighth at nationals, um, maybe fifth if I'm lucky. just didn't really feel like there was anything that set me apart that I could do better. Um, and then quarantine happened and I had been questioning whether I was going to continue skating or not at that point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happened before when I was 15, I had taken a step away from the sport and, uh, again at like 19 and around 20, I was just really thinking, okay, like, what am I doing? What, what steps do I need to take to actually accomplish something after this 16 years I've been doing this sport? I was like, okay, I need to make some goals. One was to get a triple axle and two was to make the Olympic team. Obviously one of those is still in the air, (laughs) very much so. Um, But that first one was something that I started working on when there was no ice. So it was a lot of off ice work. Yeah. Also impressive that you're doing double axles in your garage on the polyglide ice. Like that's that I can't, I can barely skate on that stuff. That stuff's hard to skate on plastic ice. This girl rips off double axles, like nothing. I have some funny fail videos of those though. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. Does it hurt more falling on that? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, you don't That's awesome. go, you just go straight down. Stop. <laughs> Ouch. That's awesome. So um, before we go back to the whole triple axle thing, uh, let's take a step back. So you said you you stepped away from the sport in 2015? Yeah. Is that, or So what happened there? You just felt like you weren't doing anything or? Yeah. So I had stopped skating back in 2015, but it all started after I'd won junior in 2014. Um there had been a lot of pressure because the previous junior champions, uh, Gracie and Paulina had both gone on to get second at June at senior the next season. And so I felt that pressure going into my first senior year of, okay, well, I need to go and place at nationals and being 14, not knowing what's going on. Didn't even know how ISU worked, how points worked, how, world standings, like the whole thing went. And uh, 
I kind of just made my way through the season, um, winging it, to be honest, got to nationals, didn't have a great skate, uh, came back, was not connecting with my coaches very well, uh, had some mental health struggles, uh, just all around, everything was kind of just too much. And I had to make a decision. And I'm so glad that I chose to put my mental health first. It took way longer than I like. You know, it took a while to finally accept that and do it. But I'm glad that I finally did. Because if I hadn't, I have no idea what would have happened. Yeah, that's a big thing right now, too, with the obviously there's been a lot in uh, the even the Olympics with Simone Biles and so much more. Your mental health is number one. It's the same as your physical health. Your mental health should be number one, no matter what uh, for sport, anything like that. And reaching out is uh, is the best thing you can do. And I know it, it's obviously it's hard to do that, but yeah. um, it, putting that first is the biggest thing you can do for yourself or even the, it, it's even good for the people you care the most about because you're getting yourself better right most definitely I exactly what you said I cannot stress that enough because you know it took a while to get back into the swing of things but you know who knows what would have happened if I kept going down that spiral um so I ended up taking like I think it was six seven months off um, completely quit the sport, uh, wasn't doing anything, just focusing on school. Uh, and then eventually I realized, I was like, okay, I want to do this, even if it's just for fun. And I came back, I started working with the Canes, um, training with Ashley every day, had a great environment and I was just doing what I loved. I wasn't trying to, you know, be elite. I was just trying to focus on being happy again. And uh, after doing that for a while, I eventually, of course, got back into the swing of things. I mean, I started competing internationally. And of course, everyday training comes back. And um, yeah, I it definitely took me a while to get back into the positive mindset that I'm in now. But uh, it wouldn't have ever changed if I didn't reach out and uh seek help was the uh coaching change and the new atmosphere at a new training center uh play a key role in uh, your success coming back oh most definitely it made a world of change for myself my family my mental and physical health I mean there are so many aspects that played into it um and just having this support around me from a skating environment was so different for me being brought up rather than pushed down uh, for years after having that was uh, took me a while to get used to, but I couldn't be more grateful that I got to have that opportunity. Yeah, that's amazing. That shows a lot of resilience too. Like obviously you came back, like you took the step aside for your mental health and you came back and you just showed like, you know, um, 
and you knock me down, I'm still going to get back up. That that resilience is huge, and it's led you now to this point where, like you like what you said, like you don't know what you would be doing now. You wouldn't, you might not ever have landed triple axle, and you're one of the only <laughs> U.S. females to have ever done it. Like that's yeah. a, an insane accomplishment. Obviously, you did it. You got back into it because you did love it still, and so that's a that's a really amazing story. And you know, um, I think a lot of people can you know don't realize all the time. You know that athletes and elite people, uh, elite athletes and a lot of elite people in their professions uh, lose a lot, lose a lot of themselves for a while. Yeah. And the you know the it's it's the things that we start it because we love it, then we keep doing it because we want to be the best at it, and then sometimes mm -hmm. we lose sight of the that we love it. Yeah, exactly. And we sacrifice things, and once we get back to that, you know, if we remind ourselves and we go back to those moments of why we love it, it's so much easier and so much healthier. Yes, my God. Uh, what advice would you uh, give to uh, any skaters going through a uh, difficult time or potentially uh, thinking about a coaching change or uh, to a skater that's in a difficult spot and know that they're not quite in the correct situation? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you are struggling in that manner and are unhappy and not in a positive environment and are struggling that can change you're not stuck or hopefully you're not you can get out of that and don't be scared to make that step i know that it can be intimidating especially with people that you've been with for a long time i was with my old coaches for 10 years and it felt like i was leaving my parents. Like it was something that was really heartbreaking, but it was something I had to do for myself. And sometimes you have to make that selfish decision in order to make everyone around you happier. I mean, I became a different person. I was upset all the time. I was stressed out and I was making the people around me stressed out. And by making that change, my life got infinitely better because I saw how toxic a situation was and I got out of it. It took me way too long to do that, but I'm so happy I did now that I look back at it. That's awesome. So, you know, uh, on top of that, there's another, uh, I think big, big part of your life too is um when you came out um you know that's a that's a really really big thing so how did you you know did you i don't know the, the best way to say it is did you feel a sense <laughs> of freedom or you, hey, after hey. coming out or like how did yeah. how did that change you as a person and you as a skater when you were able to do that mentally and like as a skater as well yeah i mean i feel like over just the past like six years has been just me progressively accepting myself. So one was, you know, making that coaching change and taking time away from the sport to realize who I am outside of skating, then realizing that, you know, it's a big part of me and I love it. That was the first step. Then years later, knowing who I was and being out to people around me, like it was no it wasn't unknown to people. Um, it just wasn't something I broadcasted. Uh, and then seeing Karina come out 
but then you know immediately she got to go on tour and like was in the circus amazing but she left the competitive atmosphere so we had finally gotten someone that <laughs> in the skating world like a female that was uh out in that some of the younger kids could look at and say oh well she's like this that means I can also be a successful skater no matter what like how I identify having lose that immediately after having found someone like that I even was I was kind of sad about it I was like oh dang I finally had someone that I could relate to and now she's out on tour I was so happy for her she was thriving and I realized, I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna do something for the skating community, I wanna do this. And it, it's just me. And I was terrified. I didn't know how people were gonna react. I didn't know if uh, I would be judged differently in competitions. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna make people around me uncomfortable. Uh, but after seeing how many people Karina inspired and made comfortable being themselves, screw it, it's worth it. If I would be able to help just a few people uh, not be afraid to be themselves and be out like in their atmosphere at home, at their rink, then you know, I'll scream it from the rooftops. I don't care. And um, originally it was supposed to be just a little like side note in an article. Um, it wasn't like a big thing. And uh, it kind of just exploded from there, to be honest. Uh, and I think it's because there weren't uh, any queer women in figure skating. So it was definitely a uh, very... I, it, like I received a ton of support, but it was very overwhelming for the first couple of weeks. And going into my first competition after that was probably the most terrified I had ever been to compete. <laughs> That's crazy. So did you just feel like you, you were more terrified because you felt like there was more people watching you because of that then? Or that you were trying to show more because you were getting yeah. so much support at that point, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. And I, you know, I felt like a sense of like duty. I was like, I need to, you know, I need to represent like how I, you represent the US. I was like, I need to represent this community and people that believe in me and that I've helped. Like I need to go and like do right by them. And now looking back, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I did. I, you don't need you, to put that. You did pressure. right by, you did right by. <laughs> yes. By yes, thank you. What you did to begin with, so. Thank you, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So it gave me a sense of comfort knowing that I had that group of people uh, supporting me, but I was also so nervous because again, I didn't know how I was going to be judged. Uh, you know, some people might have prepositions to, you know, certain people or certain communities. So I had no idea, but uh, luckily so far, so good, uh, you know, and even if it wasn't, I still, I wouldn't care. This is, I felt so relaxed and free at that next competition. Like I didn't have to try and fake who I was. Like the people around me and fellow athletes already knew who I was. They, yeah, I didn't have to go up and tell everyone. 
but having the audience see me in that way for who I am rather than who they, the idea of who I was, was it was something that it made me feel seen rather than just uh, what they projected me to be. So you uh, identify as pansexual. Can you help me out and maybe some <laughs> of our listeners? Uh, hey. What exact what exactly does uh, does uh, pansexual mean? You know, that's one thing that I I still struggle with because there's so many different titles for different things, and I've been really lucky to have uh, Tim LaDuke help me in that kind of. Uh, knowledge and aspect but uh pansexual usually means you have no preference for gender or gender identity or anything like that non-binary um which is why you know originally when I came out I was like oh bye because that's you know you think oh that means both but then I was like wait what about you know people who identify as non-binary or trans or uh you know, anything in between, I, so I was like, okay, pan, then people kept on making pan jokes to me about, oh, you like pots and pans, like, or they wouldn't understand, they're like, what is that, I live in Texas, people are like, what does that mean, so a lot of times, I'm by, just shut it down, I was like, I don't want to get into this conversation, I don't want to stick around 10 minutes trying to explain, so half the time, I'm just like, I'm by, just shut down, I don't want to explain, (laughs) so but if there's someone that's in the community or someone that understands I will usually refer to myself as pansexual since that is more the correct term to use but uh honestly I I could care less (laughs) I love who I love and that's it (laughs) you say you love the person for who they are no matter what or any aspect of that it's just for the sole purpose of the person Exactly, exactly. And that's just how I've always felt. I was born that way. You know, everyone's different. That's just how I am. That's awesome. And you know, that's a, it takes a big, big, big courage to be able to come out and be okay with that. And you know, not to be you should be okay with yourself no matter what. Yeah. But we do unfortunately still live in a society where sometimes you are judged upon that thing. So it's, uh, you know, kudos to you. Great job. And I know you're probably inspiring, or I've already inspired lots of other uh, people to be okay with who they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, not let that affect them and just be who they want to be. So um, great moral model for the sport and for uh, just people in general, be yourself. You know, that's if you're yourself, you're happy. That's exactly. the biggest thing, I think. So um, would you have any advice for somebody who's struggling with that, like struggling with their identity, identity or struggling of like how to come out or anything like well, that? Yeah, I mean, again, the amount of people that have reached out since has been insane. And of course, I try to respond to as many as I can. If I can't, I try and post as many resources as possible because um, I can't respond to every single direct message, every single comment. You guys know how it is. It's It can be overwhelming, um, but I still want to help. So a lot of the times I'll post uh, different pages or different uh, websites or different foundations that are able to give very specific advice to very specific situations 
Um, everyone's different. Everyone has their own journey. Uh, but the main thing that I can really say is that you have to fully embrace who you are before you can be comfortable with yourself and you can feel totally accepted by others. If you accept who you are yourself, the people who love you and are around you, they should accept you as well. And if they don't screw them, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be rude, but if they don't accept it, then that's their problem. That's not your fault. That's not anything you did wrong. That's their prejudice. That is their hateful spitefulness. You do you. And if you're happy, you're happy. That's awesome. That's perfect. You do you. <laughs> yeah. You do you. Clean and simple. I like it. And uh, just to touch back on, we might not get quite as many messages as you because you're kind of TikTok famous. <laughs> 1.2 million followers on TikTok. Oh. I don't know about the States, but in Canada, we don't even have a million people that watch figure skating or, or <laughs> there's not a million fans of figure skating in canada <laughs> that's impressive so how did that start did that start because of the um, it, during quarantine too with i remember seeing i remember seeing your i think that's where i saw your video of your double axle was on tiktok like in the on the polyglide or whatever yeah. it's called is that what brought it up was the double axle yeah i mean that was one of the first videos that really took off um <laughs> So it was originally my sister had been posting on TikTok and she had gotten um, quite a few followers and uh, she had asked me to be in a few videos just in the back. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just kind of stood there awkwardly. I was like, oh, I, I felt I felt like a boomer. I was just in the back like, uh. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, oh, I'll never download it. You know, it used to be mus musically and everyone was kind of judgy about it. Um, I was like, oh, I'll never download that. Like, that's so silly. And then we had like four months of doing nothing. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I give in, whatever. So I posted a video doing a double axle in the garage, which probably people were very confused by, not really understand what was going on. It's like, why is this girl in a costume and ice skates? But they're not in a ring. What yeah what what is this um so that was kind of the first that got some views but the real one that like started everything was just i had seen like a tiktok dance to a song that i really liked and um i had done it on the ice along with like a death drop or something and i was laughing the entire time in it because uh ashley was watching me film it and i you know how that is you're trying to do something and then you lock eyes with someone and you're like well, <laughs> you're just like oh well this is awkward now um but one of the main reasons why it blew up was because right in the beginning and I didn't notice until I posted this one of my training mates took a killer fall <laughs> just yes I had that's no, always the virals <laughs> I had no clue I was not paying attention she was like way in the back and like just right as she like just splat on the ice and I started getting like comments about it and I went up I was like hey do you want me to delete this I'm so sorry I did not she was like dying laughing about it she's like oh I don't care like 
this girl takes some hard falls, but that was, she's splat on that. But uh, that was kind of the first one that took off and yeah, just kind of wasted some time making them uh, during quarantine and just kept going since. (laughs) Grew a following. Do Do you just set it up on the boards? Is that what you do? Most of the time, yeah, a lot. Uh, when I'm training, I'll take videos of jumps, spins, whatever. Uh, set it to music, whatever. That's kind of the easiest stuff to do. Um, when I want, I go out to a ring called the Galleria, which is, it's beautiful. And I'll go with a couple of friends, usually non-skating friends, teaching them how to skate. And right when they clean the ice, Uh, The Zamboni guy lets me get on for like a few minutes just by myself. And uh, I'll usually go out and do like a few tricks. There's usually a crowd that comes in. Oh, it's a little show. Uh, And as long as I get a couple of videos there, you know, people see a layback and they freak out. (laughs) It's like, oh, you know, I've been training for 16 years on triples and triple X all this. No, 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 no. They want to see a really fast backspin. Okay. Yeah, yeah. back to the hands above your head. The show <laughs> yep. crowd pleaser. <laughs> yes. The, mm-hmm. the Elvis Stoiko special. Yes. That's awesome. That's super cool. I know I've seen a bunch. I I follow you on TikTok and I see a bunch of them. There's You do shoot some really cool ones. You do have a lot of like yeah. like acrobatic abilities too in like your, like your choreography and stuff. So there's some really cool ones where you look like you're just about to <laughs> kick the – uh, or you can just look like Mike. Nobody saw that, but Mike made a really. <laughs> Please describe this. <laughs> so that was your spread eagle going back. You're doing so good. I don't know the name of it, but the spread uh, cantilever. When you, leave, when you lay cantilever, yeah, you're sick at the cantilever. <laughs> if, just to describe this for our listeners, Mike just put his tongue out of his mouth and tried to lean back <laughs> with his hands by his head. <laughs> I was. I thought that was your layback, honestly. <laughs> no, that was my cantilever. That maybe why i can't do one <laughs> but yeah so oh. awesome job it's pretty cool it's awesome <laughs> to see anybody uh especially i don't know i feel like in skating when anybody gets super viral on something it's super dope it's super yeah. cool like yeah i mean it, it gives some attention to the sport which is why you know i i don't mind doing it you know it's something that's really it's fun to do of course and to know that some people are seeing this and might want to pick up skating or start watching skating is it's, it's a really neat thing. Yeah. <laughs> Trent's a, a pretty big anime fan. I just read here <laughs> on the internet that you worked with the creative team for Yuri on ice. You did. Yes, I did a long time ago too. Mm-hmm. It was back in uh, 2017 and it's for the movie that has still not come out. <laughs> That's still super sick, though. Thank you. I didn't even yeah. know they had a movie coming out either, but. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing is I was not into anime yet. I did not get into anime until this last year in during quarantine. That's when just everything happened, I swear. My life, like, took a 180. Um, so- I became I became a weeb. I started TikTok. I got to watch so, like, just everything happened. <laughs> <laughs> What's a weeb? <laughs> <laughs> I just like Mike's face. Mike's like, uh. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Trent? <laughs> no, I'm, no, this is all you. Okay, so we, 
I don't know the exact technical term, but it usually refers to someone who uh, enjoys anime and all m- manga, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a nerd, kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, just that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, not but you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're a weeb. Okay. You don't have to worry yourself about it. Yeah, but uh 2017 they came to uh I guess Anime Fest in Dallas and uh the creators came uh and for like 2 days they observed me. They took videos, they took pictures, they did a few interviews. I still have like they gave me like three backpacks full of merch like so the most ridiculous amount of stuff i still have it somewhere like i think it's in storage to be honest but i swear they had everything they had toothbrushes they had to it was everything um but i didn't really start watching anime until last year so now i have a another appreciation for it that's awesome that's super cool what anime do you watch it depends on what i'm watching right now i just uh a little while ago, I just finished the latest season of Hunter Hunter, um, but I am just anticipating the final season of Attack on Titan. So it's like, <laughs> it's bizarre because it's happening right around nationals and the Olympics. So, you know, I have that going on, but also in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, the big finale for Attack on Titans coming up. Like that's a whole nother priority. Of course. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm an old school anime fan. Like I love Dragon Ball Z. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's still it's still going on. It's they're still making it, but anyways. I think Yeah. Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> can't kill the like you can't you just can't kill Dragon Ball. It's just too popular. It's awesome. Mm. It's too dope. <laughs> so um anyways. Uh, I just <laughs> enough weep talk. I just want to say <laughs> Um, you know, thank you so much for doing this. We're going to do, we're not done yet. we got a couple of fun stuff, yeah. things coming up, but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, with our, with our listeners and with us, you know, it's really inspiring. Um, you know, I think Mike and I, every week, we're so grateful to be connected to this many people through skating, you know, uh, inspiring people and just being awesome humans you know just trying to change the world in their own little corner and it just makes the world a better place so thank you so much for sharing your stories with our listeners amber yes thank you thank you very much amber let's crush it in skate america this week let's go vegas baby (laughs) (laughs) mike's jealous because i get to go throw some dice afterwards and he can't go (laughs) i am jealous putting i'm putting money on 23 for you buddy appreciate it all right, so um, now to the fun stuff. Uh, do you speed have round. any? Pardon? I said speed round. Nope, not yet. First no. thing. Oh, soon. Okay. Soon. First, one more thing. Um, Mike? We have a uh, Ice Lab book club. Do you have any uh, book recommendations for our listeners? Ooh, now they say that. I'm going to grab one real quick. That I... Beautiful. So yeah. this is actually from Misha my choreographer oh cool he has many many book recommendations the current one is uh and this isn't gonna be a fun sit down fiction book but uh it's relentless by uh tim grover from good to great to unstoppable um and this is one of the many books he has given me to read um so that is so far has been 
absolutely great. Very inspiring, very uh, motivational, um, but still very humanizing. So that's, I feel like it's a great one. There's another one here that I'm going to be honest, I haven't read yet, uh, but it's still on my list. Um, let's see if I can... I don't think I have it right now, but I believe it's called The Art of War. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently, Classic. right, you can apply it to everything in life. So those are two that uh, one I'm currently reading and the other is supposed to be, but I'm not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. So now we get to do the rapid fire questions. So number one, what is your favorite breakfast food? If I want to be healthy, I'll go with a acai bowl. But if I'm feeling just like going all in, maple bacon. It is Ooh. so good. They call it million dollar bacon at this one place. And my God, is it good. Very Canadian of you, the maple yeah. bacon. I love it. Let's I love go, it. Eh? <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night person? Oof, really depends on the day, but I'd probably have to go with one morning. Nice. Get it up, get up, get going. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your best Halloween costume? Mm. It's kind of hard because I didn't really go out and do anything last Halloween, but I did get to do the uh, Birds of Prey Harley Quinn outfit, the entire get up. So nice. that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I got to figure out what I'm going to be for Halloween. I still haven't figured that out yet, and it's stressing me out because it's like <laughs> next week. I was looking last night. I, I wanted to be Luca for Halloween, uh, the new Disney, or not new Aww. now, but the Disney movie Luca. And yeah. they only make the costume in kids' costumes. <laughs> probably I looked everywhere, that, and there's no adult Luca costume. I wanted to be Luca or Alberto. His buddy Alberto is pretty cool, too. <clears throat> but Maybe we can make you one. It. Maybe we'll yeah. make you one. Yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, what is your favorite type of music? To be honest, I went through like one of those punk stages. You know, I was like Green Day. Uh, I listened Blink to a lot of like, yeah, Blink One Eighty Two, All American I, Rejects. Oh yeah, Paramore, <laughs> all that kind of like you know early two thousand stuff. So that they'll always have a place in my heart. Um, now it's gone a bit more alternative. I've chilled out, kind of got that um, teenage angst out. You know, <laughs> since I turned twenty one, uh, but punk forever has a place in my heart oh and some oh. classic rock you know some of those good supernatural hits yeah what <laughs> kind of alternative artists you got to recommend to me Ooh, let me check out one of my playlists real quick i have some of the most random spotify playlists like i have one for you know in case of a zombie apocalypse okay <laughs> you know you gotta have some good jams Yes. Uh, yes. It's a, it's like you're in the, in the movie. You got to be able to do it. If you're gonna going to fight zombies, you got to have some sick music going just, on. In the background. Just put some AirPods in and then you're fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, here. Do you have any for her, Mike? Uh, I've just been listening to Alt J a lot recently. I used to like their hits and now I'm into their whole discography. And for the last two weeks, I've been smashing the Alt J. 
yeah that's definitely a good one. Oh, i found it i i changed the cover photo from um something of a sun to just a like a uh, random fish oh nice and nice I, I i don't know um oh phineas has been great uh rex orange county it's on there a lot um honestly just a bunch of old hits on here like i have some uh i do have alt j on here at the killers i have uh cage the elephant i have many many things but uh yeah I'm a big I'm fan of, cage the elephant yeah i'm kind of all over the place to be honest good okay so what is your what is the best part about texas Ooh, probably the endless capabilities it is forever developing there's a ton of different diverse places you can go one you know go to one side of town and you'll be at the rodeo go to the other and you'll be in the uh gayborhood <laughs> like it's very they literally call it that it's Oakland, but they call it the gayborhood so it's just it's a very diverse place of just many different people many different vibes but everyone seems to get along pretty well how about the Texas barbecue? I heard you don't know what barbecue is unless you've had Texas barbecue. Is, oh, it, is I, it good? Incredible. Are you kidding? It's something that, you know, I can't go have barbecue anywhere else. Uh, there's this place called Heart Eight, uh, which forever I thought was called Heartache, but it's Heart Eight. And uh, anytime someone comes into town and wants barbecue, I always take them there. Good. Mike, I think we need to make a trip down to Texas for some barbecue and some disc golf. Disc golf, <laughs> barbecue, and a little rodeo. Mm-hmm. Maybe hit a gun range. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in. Everything. I'm coming. <laughs> Let's, oh, yeah. Amber can be our tour guide. Exactly. Let's do it. Love it. So if we were to travel down to Texas, what is the best place uh, you would recommend for us to keep our passports nice and safe while we are traveling? <laughs> definitely not at a coat check um you know those people can be pretty <laughs> can't believe you just added me to all our viewers about this <laughs> i just asked a simple question maybe oh, yeah, a fanny yeah. pack if you kept it in a fanny pack it would be on you the whole time might be the best yeah very smart won't end up in a dumpster anywhere. I've also gotten my passport stolen at a competition too. So you're, you're not alone on that one. Hey, hey, I got it back. Okay. It might've <laughs> yeah. been the next day. I never got mine back. Mike's <laughs> is on the floor. Mike's <laughs> is on the floor somewhere. It wasn't stolen. Uh, I'm oh. pretty sure it was stolen, Trent. I'm pretty sure it was stolen. All right. Either way. Um, <laughs> okay. And the last question <laughs> I got to ask, uh, I guess there, you can answer two things you can say, which one you like more and then why. So are you team Sam or team Dean? Oh, depends on if you've seen the finale or not. I saw the finale. I, yeah, I watched but has it all. everyone listening seen the finale. That's the important. We're talking about supernatural here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know over the years 
I've always been a you know big fan of Dean. I just thought he had one mission to stuck to it. Um, always protecting family, protecting brother. Sam's great, you know, but just kind of got a little lost sometimes. But you know, I just love the one the fun lovingness charm kind of uh attitude and just you know being a badass that kills monsters <laughs> uh dean's the best dean mm-hmm. is the best meat man mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's this uh, no arguing no, no arguing yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm team dean like 100 percent of the way but uh they did i they did as good as a job as they could have with the ending. They can't like, how are you going to end this? How are you going to end a show that's been going on for 15 years? Not the way they did. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, hey. It was a little disappointing, I, but. It, it was. It, it, it could not have been easy. You can't make everyone happy, but, you know. I was still sad. I still cried a little bit when it, it was done just because it was done. Just you know, so sad and just seeing how everything just came to a conclusion was just oh so heartbreaking but it's i i have that hour every week back so that's probably good yeah yeah that's true mike you're gonna watch it ever i I used to watch it when we used to eat dinner together that's true you did yeah (laughs) (laughs) you gotta finish it i've only seen the episodes we've watched eating dinner outside of that i haven't seen any did you watch the scooby-doo did you watch the scooby-doo episode yes, with yes me? i've yeah, seen that's scooby the, that's good yes that one's awesome great uh love it well amber thank you so much for uh coming on the podcast with us it was super fun and like i said uh big inspiration to a lot of people in our sport and uh, we can't thank you enough for that so thanks for coming on and uh i'll see you in vegas see you in yes vegas. Uh, Thank you very much, Amber. Thank you for uh, taking an hour out of your day for us. You're a huge inspiration, and hopefully uh, some of our listeners will be inspired by uh, by your words today and uh, kick some ass this week in uh, Las Vegas. Heck yeah. Thanks for listening to my ramblings. I appreciate it. Awesome. So uh, Ice Labbers, get to work in your labs, and peace and love and be kind to one another. This episode of the Ice Lab Podcast was produced by Trent Michaud and Michael Marinero. Music produced by Hugo Schwinnard. If you haven't already, share with your friends and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Ice Lab Podcast for more information and to stay up to date.